Well, welcome back to part two of a conversation that we're doing on how does God bring greater health to our life on the inside? How can we grow in our mental and emotional, spiritual health? And one of the things that I think we need to come to grips with is how do we heal from some of the things that we might be stuck in from the past? And I get this question a lot as a pastor, how do you experience healing? Um, and how can you move past things that have hurt you when you feel stuck in them? And mm -hmm. I think there's this big conversation in our culture right now that it's really trying to name the way people have experienced mm -hmm. trauma and help people deal with trauma. I know that's something you've done a lot. You've mm -hmm. helped people out of significant trauma in, in their life as a counselor and as a pastor, not only working with a lot of women who have been rescued from human <clears throat> trafficking and some of the counseling centers you've been in to us pastors who think mm -hmm. we, we need to look like we have it all together on the outside, but really we're struggling with things on the inside that yeah. other people might not know about. And you just been a healer of hearts. So I'd love for you to share your perspective on this concept of inner healing. Like how does, mm -hmm. how do we actually heal from the wounds of our past and what degree can we do that? Well, if you were to, uh, come in for prayer about this you know my I could do a lot of things I could share a little bit about my journey of inner healing yeah why don't you do that yeah share a little bit about your journey um my father died when I was seven and so there's a little boy Joey Joey lost his daddy and I didn't really know anything about that what's called now a father wound we're gonna have mother wounds um uh, but and so the wounds of our heart are happen. We go through ways of surviving, to so it doesn't hurt so much. And so helping us connect to and naming what the wound is, uh, and and helping people connect to Jesus in the wound. But it's not that complicated. Um, I think. Um, Many of us have wounds of absence. Mm -hmm. They're called eight traumas in which the things we're supposed to experience and receive from mom and dad were missing. Yeah, what, can you share what are some of those kind of things? So <clears throat> I didn't know what I, a little boy supposed to have from a daddy. Mm -hmm. So that's a wound of absence. <clears throat> and there, some wounds of absence are abandonment or you get abandoned maybe uh, through a divorce, a parent's divorce, to, and that kind of abandoned my a death, my father. Mm. There's the wounds of, uh, you know, of um, abdicating people. Our parents and their fathers just abdicated their responsibilities and things that we we're supposed to have, like hugs and lo I love yous and you got what it takes, son. And, and yeah, so just like the general care of your kids that got yeah, designed parents to yeah. do, a lot of people don't experience that. And they don't even know what's missing. Mm. And so uh, different things helped me to to realize this. One was to write a letter to my dad and just mm -hmm. write what I would like to know, experience from him. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, wow, there's something here. So then I got on a journey of how do I pray through this? And this, uh, <clears throat> in the last 50 years, starting with uh, some pioneer people, authors like Agnes Sanford and and many others started teaching about something called inner healing, in which we invite Jesus to be with us in a memory where, and we remember in pictures, mm -hmm. and so we have images of where it happened, what we felt, but we, how do we do that? And and so um, we learned to 
We need some help, I think, to do inner healing. It's pretty hard to do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so that's a part of what you've done with a lot of different people is they'll come meet, you guys will pray together right. and let God minister or be with people and memories that they need to experience that he's with them, which if Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, yeah. and he wants us to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what he said. The greatest commandment is obviously connected to loving your neighbor as yourself, but yeah. learning to love God with all <clears throat> that you are is part of that is um, actually experiencing his love in your mind, in your memories, and then being able to, to trust him. Truster gets broken mm -hmm. when we get wounded. Yeah. And we... so, like, when you're you don't experience those things you mentioned from maybe your earthly parents, they were no. meant to give you a picture of what your heavenly father's like. And no. we none of us have perfect parents, no. right? But when we experience those wounds, then that makes us distrustful of other people and sometimes of God as no. our father. And so, learning to get a, an accurate picture of God from who Jesus shows us God is, yeah, and then experiencing him helps us to begin to heal. And that's a part of what you've helped people with is receiving the Father's love. And that's a part of your healing journey. And it is. Losing your dad as a young boy and knowing how much the Father loves you and wants mm -hmm. to be with you, something you talk about a lot. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so uh, I, the, we, can, we can experience healing of the, uh, from wounds, I, I like to talk about healing parts of our child part of us, the younger parts, mm -hmm. uh, by starting with a positive memory of being loved. So not just going back to the difficult. Yeah, so I don't first. go right to the pain, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think we need to feel some of that trust and that you can handle it. Mm -hmm. I could handle what you're going to share and help them feel safe in that, but. So uh, it helps to practice actually experiencing Jesus' presence in a positive memory, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's just a happy memory where I felt loved or great, grateful. I, my dad went fishing with me. Um, that didn't happen for me, but some of those um, uh, feeling of love and I we practice uh, seeing where Jesus is in the memory and talk to him about it, mm -hmm. share grateful with Jesus and listen for his response. Some people are a little <clears throat> on a, um, not practiced in listening prayer. Mm -hmm. So to say to ask Jesus what He wants us to know or how He feels towards us, and then hearing what He wants to say, what He says is a is a uh, there's a learning curve there that people have not been taught how to do that. Mm -hmm. So how do you help people learn how to do it? Yeah. What what does it mean to listen to God in prayer? So Dallas Willard has the best book on it, I think, or very good on hearing God, but he's, he would share that God, God um, speaks to our thoughts. So I know, what, notice your thoughts. Well, to start out with, when I start imagining a memory, I have some thoughts about the, being there. Uh, but I would, sometimes we have a, we notice our feelings, mm -hmm. and God speaks to us by giving us peace. And the, mm -hmm. And I, when I, the, the prayer imagery is another word for inner healing where I, I, I use my imagination. Mm. And some people are scared about that it could be new age. And uh, I don't think, I think new age, imagination is, doesn't belong 
the new age belongs to Jesus. Yeah, God created our you know, so and wants to redeem it. I yeah. think most, honestly, most guys I talk to um, are used to using their imagination for things that aren't very godly. That's true. And learning to take captive your thoughts is yeah. a very biblical idea and learning to develop a, a holy imagination, yeah. imagination that, that sees yourself and sees your past, yeah. sees your present, and then your future through God's perspective. Yeah. That's a part of how God wants to redeem all of us. And I think you brought up the point of the new age. I've heard that too. And I do think there's some warning there. I think there is in the new age movement, uh, a movement to find truth inside of yourself. And you can actually find some really funny TikTok videos and Instagram videos about manifesting your kind of destiny and like speaking it into existence and really the powers inside of ourselves, And you just need to name it and claim it. And that's not really a Christian idea. And no. people sometimes put that on things in the Bible. But what you're talking about is something so much different. It's it's actually learning to commune or practice the presence of Jesus no. and to bring your thoughts into harmony with God's thoughts for you. And no. that's a part, I think as, as Christians, there's a, there's a mystery. As human beings, there's a mystery to prayer and meditation. All religions have prayer and meditation, but... And in Christianity, we're invited to believe that God mm-hmm. actually wants to communicate with us. That the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into truth yeah. and helps us to commune with God in an intimate level. And I think that's the part that you're helping people with. That's not New Age at all. It's very biblical. Um, but we can be scared of it sometimes. Yeah. And <clears throat> something we've been taught, you got to watch out that that's a, that could be the devil. But mm-hmm. I, I think... Uh, I would just, I just keep it simple. I would explain. Uh, you can even say, "Where would you?" I tell people, "Where would you like to imagine Jesus is?" <clears throat> where you're listening right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to imagine him? And when we use our imagination, we're not pretending, mm-hmm. or we're not making it up. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'll imagine it, so that makes it happen. No, Jesus is Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and he, he was a person. So. And some people would say it's easier to have that picture, but you can just start talking to Jesus because and know that He's with me. And then, and then I'll say, you know, we go through a memory. It's quite fascinating when we, when I do memories. So what happens after you do the positive memory? Practice Jesus being with you, listening to Him. Um, maybe see the expression on His face. Some do, often smiling, but they're different. In many tears, some different ways that we see Jesus. Sense that He uh, wants to be with us mm-hmm. and uh, sees what's going on and wants understands how big a deal this mm-hmm. is for us. And so that's that's part of it. But then the, the inner healing part for the uh, emotional pain would be uh, going with Jesus to a, a memory where um, lots of ways of going we have two kinds of memory one is explicit memory i remember exactly mm-hmm. kind of where i was this morning together with you and then there's the implicit memory that's comes up it's below consciousness or we get triggered and and uh, by a certain event that remind you know that triggers some emotional pain and so there were different ways of finding a place to go with jesus for healing <clears throat> Um, if, so, if someone's having trouble finding that, I have some questions that I might ask. Uh, 
You know, when did life stop being safe for you? Mm. Or a simple question, was you, you have a happy childhood? Oh, yeah. Well, when do you first remember being unhappy? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, um, when did you lose your peace this last week? And what was going on? Let's have Jesus. It's having a conversation with Jesus about it. Um, we remember in pictures. So that little boy, Joey, I have a memory when I, uh, the, when I walked in the room where a whole bunch of people were praying for my dad who was sick. And my brother, four years older, he comes, finds me coming in the side door. The room's full of people. Bobby says, Daddy died. And so I get into that room, and I'm, you know, I learned later, I prayed this big, big uh, adult prayer. And I, no one held me. And uh, I'm so surprised now. <laughs> and then I, so where were you, Jesus, when I was praying? Well, he's, he's right there beside me helping me pray, and then he wants to hold me. And um, so uh, that was very healing for that little boy. And uh, and then I had another healing experience where I'm being with Jesus, or being with my dad. I have one memory when I was five years old. It's the only memory of my dad. And I'm outside playing, making noise of my dad. He's suffering from cancer. They haven't identified it yet, and he's in deep pain, and I'm, my dad calls me up to his bedroom, and he said, uh, <laughs> says, you can either take a nap <laughs> or a spanking. <laughs> well, I took the nap, and uh, I don't know. I just thought about it. I forgot about the spanking <laughs> part. Uh, can he really say that? But anyway, I'm saying to my dad as I relived that memory, Daddy, Daddy, I prayed for you, and you died. Mm. And... Um, and just saying that out loud with Jesus there, I look what Jesus, where are you, Jesus, in that memory? Well, he's helping me see how much pain my dad is in. Uh, and uh, somehow that saying that with Jesus there in the bedroom with me and knowing that I could share this feeling, and uh, I, I wept a lot mm-hmm. and uh, felt his love in there and... Uh, didn't realize that I I actually felt guilty for my father's death, mm. and like but my prayers because my prayers couldn't keep him alive, and um, so that's a, an example of some memory of of how healing could happen mm. in in a memory. Um, Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's a very tender memory Thank for you. you, and a way that you experience God's care for you, and that's a part of this process. Is is really. It, it starts with surrendering, the sur- trusting, inviting, receiving yeah. that God wants to, to meet us on the inside. As you're talking, I was thinking about two movies, actually, and I was thinking about the movie Inception. And I don't know if you've seen that movie, and probably for a lot of people watching haven't, though, because it's older. But it's a movie that's super interesting about this battle that's going on in the subconscious of a person's imagination. And it kind of goes layers deeper and deeper of a whole movie. And, and there's this battle to try to go back and, and change like the original um, hurt mm-hmm. or just where this, this fear crept into this oh. person's life. And when the movie ends, you're not sure actually how it ends, but that's what the whole movie is this like quest to go back and replace this one idea and i think what you're talking about is this process of of ways we get wounded in our life and that if we can go back and allow god's love and care into that place to convince him to heal things 
inside of us. And even in the memory you share with your dad, I think it's it's pretty profound, actually, because the kingdom of God brings healing, often heals people's bodies, but doesn't always. No. And the ultimate healing of the gospel is that we're promised a new body in, in no. heaven with him. And sometimes we pray for people <clears throat> and they die. And no they don't get better. And sometimes we pray for people and they do. I've seen friends pray for people and miracles happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the greatest miracle is experiencing the presence of God in our hearts that no one can take away from us and will last through eternity. And that's, that's the spiritual healing, the, the emotional healing that, that begins to bring wholeness and put the broken pieces of our lives back together. And um, sorry, I'm talking a little bit, but the, the other movie I was thinking about is the movie Gladiator. And Gladiator, we actually talked about this in Mentor yeah, this morning, yeah. that there's a scene where he's gone to battle and he's got the armor on, but he's got this wound that no one else can see that's killing him. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of, of Christians out there <clears> that have given their life to following Jesus, and they're out there trying to fight the battle, do all these things for God. But they've got these wounds inside that yeah. are killing them that they yeah. don't know how to deal with. Yeah. And so you've helped me understand a framework for that. Like not only this. So the first thing is practicing a manual prayer, like letting Jesus into your memory, starting with the positive things and mm -hmm. connecting with him and then letting him lead you maybe into some more painful places. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a framework that you've taught me that's helpful. that kind of unpacks the uh, the inner workings of how God brings healing to our hearts. So mm -hmm. could you share that with, with them? Because I think it's a helpful thing to learn. Just I'll do that. I do want to say when you mentioned that Inception mm -hmm. movie, uh, when we do inner healing prayer, we're not changing history. Mm -hmm. we, you can't go back and no, change No, you can't go back. What yeah. you do is you what, what was real, in real time, Jesus was there. Uh -huh. and, and, and and experiencing that in what his, what happened. So that's a great point. Yeah, Jesus is better than Inception. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm taking. Away. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, healing, uh, emotional healing, uh, is a process, mm -hmm. and, and uh, it helps to identify how did we get where we are today, where I'm having trouble. Say, if I'm dealing with shame. Mm -hmm. in my life and shame is one of the big emotions yeah and, and there's a healthy shame that's just oh i've done something to stop you from being glad to be with me yeah something i'm i'm not proud of yeah think. and a similar a little bit like repentance lord mm -hmm. i wasn't acting like my best self and then there's a toxic shame and, and that i'm the kind of person that um is uh something's wrong with me mm -hmm. and who i am you still bad about yourself yeah and that needs healing, mm -hmm. but so where did that shame start? When did I when did I start believing? And so you have the uh, you know the, the shame is a, 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 based on a lie what we believe, mm -hmm. false beliefs. The toxic shame is. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I start with the wound, and there are different ways that we become aware of the wounding, uh -huh. um, and when we have a wound. When we, if we check it out, there's some lies that we believe. I think Satan kind of intensifies those lies, but mm -hmm. my lie would be my uh, other people will abandon me like my daddy did. Mm -hmm. So I deal with that lie. How do I survive when I get to get through the night when I'm scared? Mm -hmm. And so and I got this lie. I'm all going to be all alone. No one's on my side or whatever. Then 
uh, we make a, a vow, which is an agreement with a lie. I have to pretend it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm on my own. I have to protect myself. And that's uh, like a coping mechanism. Basically. It is. And, and and I tell people, you know, that's how you survived as a little kid. Mm-hmm. So, But where we get in trouble is that we run to the, the vow to protect us. I, I have to be strong. Uh, and instead of learning to run to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the vow gets all its energy from the flesh or my own strength or being, it's on me. Yeah, and I've found, too, that that's often, it doesn't work. So a lot of times people, that's where they experience addictions or they run to kind of false senses of comfort right. to, because the flesh doesn't have the power to no. change or heal our broken heart. So we feel bad. And so the it's it's meant to protect us, but it ends up actually hurting us worse when we no. agree with the lie. And we can get either attached to fear or attached to love. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what got us. So I got, had a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's love was present too. But uh, when I realized, oh, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I, I want, I don't want to. I want to come out of hiding. Mm-hmm. And especially if we've gone through abuse, we need to get to that place. You know, no matter how much pain is gonna, I'm gonna go through just to get healed. I'm, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Being, I want freedom from yep. that abuse. And so you, you have, you identify the wound, experience Jesus in that memory. How is He there, loving us? And in uh, helping us uh, share our feelings and pain with Jesus, hearing him say, yeah, I'm with you, mm-hmm. and all the ways that he speaks truth, maybe helps us, what are the lies I believed? And then we, uh, we renounce the vows. Mm-hmm. I have to be strong. I have to pretend. I renounce that lie. It's all on me. I'm on my, and. Um, because you don't want it anymore. You want to be free. No, I want freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one's, I, there hasn't been a whole lot of people told me they could help me mm-hmm. or know how to help me to mm-hmm. get free. And it's not just one prayer, okay, Jesus, free me. But if we don't name the wound and and uh, get Jesus, know Jesus is there, that we need to do that. Mm-hmm. So then we, we break the power of stronghold. And then, so underneath those vows or agreements are strongholds. And yeah. for someone who hasn't heard of that idea before, that's that comes from the Bible, and a stronghold is a way that it does come from the Bible. Yeah, the enemy um, gets a, a kind of like a block between mm-hmm. us and the love of God. And so, can you talk about that when someone's ready to renounce the agreement they made to protect themselves and to trust Jesus? How does that break the stronghold, and what what happens there? Well, spiritual the vow the vow becomes a stronghold. Mm-hmm. I have to pretend. I have to hide. Whatever. I'll never trust. So it gets it has spiritual power. I think needs to be a break and he hold it. that stronghold is head on your heart mm-hmm. and uh, any spirits attached to it. I command them to be removed. Mm-hmm. So I take authority over and I and I say I break its hold on my heart. Mm-hmm. And then I ask Jesus forgive me for running to the vow. I thank you all for all the ways you're learning, teaching me to run to you. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of like trusting. Forgive me for closing my heart to those that have wounded me. Often there's a part of the healing is to forgive um, the person who wounded, betrayed me, forgive myself. If there's been abuse, almost always we need to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. for for not saying no or, or whatever. For We blame ourselves. That's the big lie. Mm-hmm. 
of, of abuse. It's my fault. It's my fault, yeah. but it's not your fault. Yeah. And that's, and the, that's lie. the way the enemy wants to keep you stuck in it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's a lie of shame, too. It's, it's something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And um, so we need a lot of, just really need to be reminded of the Father's love. Mm-hmm. And if we'll talk about that in the, uh, in the next uh, podcast or not. But uh, Yeah, and that's, that's a part of allowing God bring healing to the brokenness inside of us. He walked us through that process of, of naming the wound. Letting God care for us in our wound. He wants right. to be with us. That's right. And then underneath of that is some kind of lie that yeah. we've we've gotten from that wound. That usually right. the enemy has gotten in there. Uh, it can be with guilt or shame or just a insecurity. Um, fear. Fear. Yeah. Fear-based lies. Right. And then we usually make an agreement with the lie without even knowing it to protect yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Exactly. And our flounder are stuck. And when we're ready to surrender. When we're ready to say, Jesus, I don't want this anymore. Would no. you come in? It breaks that struggle. It breaks the power. And there might be some spiritual things attached to it yeah. that have gotten into our life that are bringing oppression. That then we have the authority to, to, to get removed in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I think that's something that I saw um, when you first taught this class I took from you on, on inner healing. That was a completely new world to me. Like I was not aware of that I even had, I knew I had a heart, but <laughs> I wasn't really aware of what was going on in there. And, I mean, I read Pete Scazzera's book on emotionally healthy yeah. spirituality, yeah. but it was more kind of like, I, I was trying to figure it out in my head at that time. Yeah. And and then seeing how God started bringing joy <clears throat> to people. Like in that class, you know, we were in a suburban church. I remember about 20 people took the class and over half the people in the class don't remember experiencing like love and affection from their dad. And as they began to open up about that wound and then consider like, how's that affected me? Like on the inside and to be honest about it and then to experience God, their father in heaven actually wants to replace the things that they didn't receive from their earthly parents with his love and grace and power. It began to heal some things. And I still remember, I don't know if you remember this story, but <laughs> like pretty much the week after you left, it it was such a, a healing weekend for so many people. Mm-hmm. And then I was seeing a counselor at the time to help me with some marriage issues we were going through who was a dear friend. And he had some folks come in to his office that felt like they were dealing with some spiritual oppression. And I think the woman felt like she was seeing the evil spirit in, in, mm-hmm. in her life. Yeah. And he said, well, this pastor across the street just went through some training on this. Maybe he can help you. This was on my expertise. I'm a counselor. <laughs> and I remember calling you because he sent her sent this couple over to me. And I said, Joe, these people want help. And I don't know what to do. And he goes, just do the things I, I taught you. And yeah. It's really just, yeah, I remember I'll never forget what you said. You don't have to fix them. Your, your job is just to bring to Jesus. Yeah. And so this process, it's not like a formula. It's really just surrendering our heart and the brokenness that we've experienced to the loving care of Jesus and trusting him to bring healing. I remember just meeting with that couple for an hour and kind of walking through the prayer that you helped us to learn and and kind of those steps. And her eyes were, were purple when she walked in. She hadn't slept in a long time and literally her countenance changed. She was light. She, her eyes weren't purple anymore. We were able to, um, really take authority over some of 
the, the evil that was oppressing her. And it really went back to some places where she had some wounding yeah. and some hurt in yeah. her life that she hadn't experienced God's care for her. And once, once we, she experienced that care, then the evil didn't have the authority to be there anymore. Yeah. And, and she surrendered it to Jesus. And it was a very healing thing for her in their marriage. And it was so cool to watch them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just appreciate how you have done that for so many different people. Mm. Um, and you have a quiet confidence about that because I think sometimes when we go back to the movies again, when you, you start seeing this, the spiritual battles and exorcisms and that kind of stuff, it's so dramatic and dark. And like, I hate those movies. Like when those commercials watched, yeah. come on the TV, <clears throat> like I don't want to entertain myself with that. It just, it, it just feels dark to me, but it's, it seems like very dramatic. Even sometimes the way that, um, it's portrayed in different Christian circles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a, a, a drama to it. And instead of this tender, compassionate way of God just bringing healing to our hearts and taking authority over the evil that we've experienced, the hurt that we've experienced, and allowing the healing of the Holy Spirit to come in and minister to us in a very tender way. And so I don't know if you had anything you want to say about that. I, I kind of talked for a while there, but... Um, I know that's been a part of your ministry. Um, is there any encouragement you want to give to people in this? Well, I think, you know, uh, it's helpful to identify ways that we may have given permission uh, for spirits or uh, evil or, you know, demons uh, to have, give permission to have some attachment to us. Uh, and and so we never go running after demons. We uh, go through, the demons are like rats that hang around garbage. Uh, so we deal with the garbage, the pain, the wound, and then that weakens any attachment, and yeah. so it just command tell it to be removed to any spirit. But so we give permission. You can use the acronym. Marcus Warner does this with the soul. There's ways that we give permission for enemy to have a foothold in our life. Paul mm-hmm. talks about that. Yeah. S is for sin or repeated sin. We and then you. And O is for occult practices. Mm. It can be as simple as a Ouija board. Mm. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of crazy things. We go with drugs practices. Mm-hmm. And the U is unforgiveness. I think that's the biggest way we give permission. For, unforgiveness. Yeah, unforgiveness. I could, there's a parable about that where mm-hmm. the king, you know, said, you got to forgive this person. Well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, I've heard it said that, you know, Holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expect to the other person yeah, to die. Exactly. And so when we can forgive the person that hurt us, it actually releases our heart yeah. from the slavery. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean the hurt didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I do it for myself in a way. Mm-hmm. But I release the other person to be free for God mm-hmm. to deal with them. Al is lineage, so you can hear generational stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. And um, so... Yeah, I, there are different ways to pray, but uh, just so naming some of those those things, the ways the enemy could have gotten into our exactly. life. Exactly, it's a part of moving towards freedom and letting Jesus in. Yeah, and it takes the, the process of surrendering these things to Jesus and connecting with Him in prayer moves the truth of the Bible from our head to our heart. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're so I don't <clears throat> I got to know the right things so then I'll be fixed, and that's kind of the Western world. Yeah. It's a solution-oriented culture, right. logical-oriented culture. Making best choices, yeah. Yeah, and we need to learn the truth of this. Yeah. But we need to let the truth of this sink into our hearts. Yeah. And that happens through 
prayer and often we need help with some ways we might be stuck and appreciate you walking us through this process of how you've helped people with inner healing, what you've learned from God and your experience, your own testimony and how you've helped a lot of other folks. And so if you're out there and this concept is still new for you, you want to dig more, you mentioned a book by Marcus Warner that is really helpful. There's, I think, Healing Wounds of the Heart and there's, um, I think, Spiritual Warfare 101, what every Christian needs to know. Those are really good resources if you'd like to read more about this. Um, and want to just encourage you wherever you are in your journey that there's hope for you, that there is healing available. Oh, yeah. That a lot of times we think uh, we're just, we're stuck forever. And as we let God and other people into these deeper places in our heart, wherever we're starting in our journey, just beginning to open ourselves up to receiving God's love for us. It begins a healing journey and there's just deeper levels we can go our whole life that we allow God to put the pe broken pieces of our life back together again. So Joe, thanks for sharing your wisdom. You're welcome. And next conversation, we'll talk more about how God can redeem the things that have been broken oh, yeah. um, to be a source of good yeah. um, and really a force of bringing life and hope into the world. I like that. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you next time. Yeah. Take care, guys.